Welcome to the Soul Liberated Life Podcast, where you come to activate the remembrance of who you are, unlock the gifts you're here to offer, and unleash the co-creative experience you're here to love through. I'm your host, Jody Rodenbaugh, sharing deep wisdom and life intelligence through my life and death experiences, and through my gifts in liberating and expanding powerful soul-led leaders and your lineage. Every episode holds timeless wisdom and potent messages to call your soul back home and into her wildest dreams and deepest desires. So strap on your headphones, breathe into your heart, expand your mind. Let's go. Hey beauty, I wanted to jump in and give you a brief intro of this next episode If you haven't already listened to the first five episodes, go back and listen because I jump right into a story about my father and it won't make sense if you haven't already listened to the previous episodes. What I'm telling you in this episode is how our parents and their mistakes and their hardships become our legacy and it is our responsibility to change these patterns and transform the legacy story. He was someone who was constantly connected to me emotionally. There is absolutely nothing that I could do wrong. And in fact, most of the things that I did, he thought were amazing. He thought they were miraculous. He thought I was magic. He, he knew that I was supposed to be on stage. He was my biggest cheerleader. The thing that he said to me most often is, I'm so proud of you, baby. He was an amazing daddy. But leading, the father aspect, the leading aspect was a bit more challenging for him because he liked to have fun. He did things a really hard way. <laughs> but he always had, morning, morning Gigi, he always had this plan that this thing was going to make a million dollars. This thing was going to make a million dollars. He was constantly opening up new businesses. He always had new business ideas. He was an idea generator. But he could not follow through on his ideas. I don't know how many million dollar ideas that he had that we're going to man that he thought we're just going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> My dad had at one point an earthworm business. My dad, my mom, they were the original hippies. I was born in 1972. My my father grew weed in our basement. I thought this was like normal. My sister and I played restaurant with the ganja. <laughs> we dried out in our window seals. Sills, is that what it's called? Sills, window sills. An earthworm business, that's the first. Yes, we had um, three earthworm beds in our backyard. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh, my dad was amazing. I was telling Gigi, my friend Gigi here, the other day, my dad, um, she said she wanted to start roller skating. And I said, my dad used to take us roller skating downtown. 
If you know Kansas City downtown, it's extremely hilly. There are massive hills. I was 10 years old at 10 to like midnight with my dad and his friends, most of them who just got out of prison, roller skating downtown with my outdoor roller skates, my knee pads and my elbow pads and my kick-ass wheels. <laughs> it was freaking fantastic. My sister, who's two years younger than I did than I am, had a completely different perspective of our childhood than I did because I was the oldest. I, my job and my role in the family, which is also really important for you guys to pay attention to, is your role in the family because you're still carrying that role out, even if your parents are, are, are gone from this living earth. So I was, I was the one that was protecting everybody. I had to make sure. My dad would literally fall asleep on the highway because he had too many shrooms. <laughs> no lie. I had to be the one that was constantly on guard, protecting my family, making sure everybody was alive. My sister thought it was the greatest childhood ever that we had so much fun that, um, you know, we were always with the band. <laughs> we were always with the band. We got in for free because we were always with the band. <laughs> and when we weren't with the band and we didn't get in free, my dad would find a hole in the fence to sneak us through. I was constantly embarrassed of this. Why can't we just pay? <laughs> But my sister and our friends thought, this is amazing. This is so cool. Your dad has a white custom van, kidnapper van. He's so cool. Wow, it's got a bed in the back. My dad, my dad was a character. I can look at it now. My body is not there anymore. My body is not in that trauma, but it took so much work. Now I can look at my, I can look at these stories and I can start to gently microdose. okay? This is one of the pieces that we haven't talked about. All of these things that I'm talking to you about and the reason why quantum leaps are not always the best for everyone is because your body is not ready. We have to microdose. And because it's in our system to just, you know, take the pain away, do what we got to do, throw it all on. It's hard for us to microdose. It's hard for us to take it slow. It's hard for us to just, just, just the tip. <laughs> just a little bit. When we take the microdose though, and we don't just try to take it all away, you gather the true wisdom. So, Quantum leaping is not good or bad. We want what we want and we usually want it now as humans. 
But each of these little things and being developing your mediation skills is going to help you know what the true micro dose needs to be. What we can use to take just enough edge off without getting stuck in overstaying our welcome, using it against us, taking too much, playing in the thing too much, making it God, putting the thing on the pedestal. You can even be practicing meditation or yoga, which essentially is amazing for our bodies, amazing for our lives, but you can get caught in overdosing it, overdepending on it, putting it on a pedestal as if it's God. And now take that away. You don't, you don't know how to do it. You, don't, you haven't gotten the codes, the wisdom codes, the true codes inside of you. So that is key number four, developing mediation skills. We work on that mostly in, in all of our programs. My program, Love Genius. I have two Love Genius programs. One's a regular Love Genius program and one is Love Genius Masters. Love Genius Masters takes you through the program in a longer scope of time so that you can integrate at a pace that's going to feel safer to your body. But we do most of this mediation in my mastermind, which is Soul Powered Mastermind. So now we're ready for number five. Number five is probably the simplest, but by far the most challenging. And that is to never close your heart under any circumstance. Sounds easy, right? It's the hardest thing to do. When you've been hurt, when we talked about the fears that we have, and these fears that we have are because we've been burned, we've been hurt. Abandonment, rejection, humiliation, being misunderstood, that you're not coming from a place of heart, that you're a, a bitch or um, selfish, these are the main fears. These are the reasons why we've been hurt, betrayal. And when things happen, when circumstances happen in our lives, we tend to close our heart off. And I want you to really understand that your heart is the gateway through possibility. Your heart is where possibility begins to open up. That light begins to open up. And when your heart is closed down, and if you are not dreaming, if you cannot be in this place of like, what if? Okay, I know it's possible for them. So if it's possible for them, it's possible for me. If you're not in the energy of being curiously excited to see what's around the corner, your heart 
is closed off. Some of you have built up walls that are six feet deep. You've buried yourself. You're one of the walking dead. And others of you, you have a pretty strong, like, medieval metal curtain. <laughs> I've never said these things before, but these are the images that I'm getting. So someone has a medieval metal curtain <laughs> blocking their heart. <laughs> that is funny. Okay. So how you know that your heart is open is you begin, you, you continue to look forward to what's next. No matter what is happening in your life. I don't care if your husband just told you that he doesn't want to be married anymore, which happened to me this time last year. My husband went through a dark night of the soul. Didn't know if he was going to stay or go, but I knew who the fuck I was. I believed in myself. I believed in his greatness. I focused on my greatness and I soul communicated to his, into his greatness. I didn't beg. I didn't plead. I didn't feel sorry for me. Yes, I had those moments, but I have excellent mediation skills. I have excellent resources around me, other people who have excellent mediation skills. But I said, I will not close my heart no matter what happens. And it was the hardest work to do. Because when people are saying things that hurt, that can hurt deeply, but you decide that you're not taking that on because you know who you are and you know that whatever it is that you're experiencing is going to be great on the other side. Your dreams, your desires, we're all here for love, connection, and a beautiful experience. The most abundant story you've ever told, we're all here for that. If you're blocking that, it's because you've closed your heart off and you don't have your full capacity to think. You're thinking from the trauma of your past, not where you are. And definitely not from a perspective of heaven on earth. Keeping your heart open is probably, through any circumstance, is probably the toughest work you will ever do. It takes practice, it takes dedication, it takes a willingness to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It takes a willingness to look into someone, not for the crazy ass shit that they're saying in the moment, but for their greatness and hold that space for them. Sometimes when I watch clients go through this experience, and I gotta be honest with you, I'm pretty positive that my husband wouldn't be here today if I didn't know what to do. 
if I didn't understand the way people process grief and pain, if I didn't know how the waves come and go, if I wasn't able to see the patterns, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can't really say. Just like I can't really say if my, my late husband Thor and I would be married today because I could teach children emotional intelligence. I was one of the pioneers of emotional intelligence. I was teaching emotional intelligence way back in 1995. 95 to 98. But I had come home and lose my ever-loving mind. I didn't know how to practice it. I didn't know how to embody it. I could teach it. I could notice it in others. But I didn't know how to play it. So having an intellectual understanding of all of this is one thing. There, most of what I've said over the past two days you might already know. But if you're not fully embodying it and you really don't understand the full process of how it feels and you're not able to gather these morsels, then get you a mediator, someone who can see into your greatness and guide you across that fucking bridge because we don't know how much time we have. And I'm not saying that to get your body all riled up. <laughs> I'm saying that because it's, it's, it's the truth. We don't know how much time we have. But I'm going to tell you what. When I end this lifetime, when I go out, that last thing that I'm going to say to myself is, damn girl, well played. Well played. You may not have accomplished all the things that were on your heart to, for you to accomplish, but you've set the family legacy up to fucking win, to get to that next place. You've set them up so that they don't have to carry the burdens because you weren't able to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the whole truth and nothing but the truth and do something about it. We go back in time and we look at all of the connections between you and your previous relationships and how they're still carrying out today. And then we rewrite the script. And what we do in Love Genius Masters is then you're practicing it. Whether you're in relationship or not, you're practicing it. So if you're in relationship, you're practicing it without them even knowing. <laughs> you don't, it does not take both of you to do the work. The way I teach and the way I structure things, you hold the power. I believe 100% that women are the ones who will change the way we do life. We're the ones. We are the temperature gauge. We're the ones raising the vibration here. It is our job. It is our duty. We came here. We are the ones with the life inside of us. We are the ones with the opening, the literal opening. We are the ones to receive the light, bring it up and then out into the world. First of all, let me just say, it is fucking weird when you hit a point of being half century old. 
feels weird. It feels like, holy shit, I've been here for half a century? Wow. And you get these flashbacks, these memories of all of this, and it's just so wild. And then to be at this beautiful place where you're transitioning from being a, a body, a vessel to create, to, to create children, physical children, to being this body, to being this vessel of creating something beyond the physical. That's the good shit. That's what we're working toward for everybody. You don't have to wait till you're 50 years old. You don't have to wait till you're 50 years old to come into that. When my husband died, I was 36 years old. I've got, I've had these codes that I'm still carrying in my right now is being 50. I've had these since that moment. You don't have to wait until you hit this point of this next evolution at 50. We're here, I'm here to help you consolidate that time, to gather the wisdom of creating this, this non-physical creation into a manifestation of physical that's not just little humans. <laughs> so what people don't realize is like breakthroughs are amazing. And there's, we want breakthroughs. We want these ahas. We want these things to happen. We want these realizations to happen. But the true breakthrough is in the process of integrating that into your body. So to have this awareness right now, to be in this frequency, to be in this energy, and you're like fired up in the energy and turned on. But when you step away from being plugged into the energy, and I'm not putting this all on me, I'm just a human container to provide, to guide the energy. So I'm not saying it as if I'm on a pedestal, I'm saying it as this is the frequency. So when you are not plugged into the frequency, what happens is you go back to your own frequency because nothing has changed in your environment, which includes, most importantly, your body. Many times, in quite honesty, it, it requires, letting go requires that mediation. Somebody to get in there and see what it is that you are using as your thing to stop you and bringing that to your attention and then holding you in that place so that you get across the bridge. All right, loves. This has been so fun. I just love doing these and I love when you guys share things out because a lot of my business and a lot of how I connect with people is through referrals. I don't know why, it's just the way it is. So when you talk about, man, that was good. When you share, when you get out of your own way and out of your own shame that you don't know it all <laughs> and you share the good word, we all win because it fires me up to continue to do these, to take the time and offer these to you too. All right, babes, much love. Hey beauty, I hope you enjoyed today's transmission. If you found this valuable, we would love to know by giving us your rating and review. 
and of course by sharing the good word with your people. To get closer access to me, come on over to IG at Jody Rodenball and search Soul Liberated Life on Facebook to enter our complimentary Facebook group. If you'd like to know how to partner with me for your liberation and deeper ways you can learn from me, just send me a DM on the IG or FB. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next episode, remember, there's magic to be unleashed inside of you and miracles beyond your wildest dreams ready for you to answer your call. You coming?